Hi, Epsilon Theory Podcast listeners. It's Michael Correo here, Director of Investor Relations and Communications at Salient and the Epsilon Theory Podcast producer. We've got something special for you today. You know, after seeing a lot of market volatility a few weeks ago, and of course, lots of pontificating about the likely causes of that volatility, we wanted to share our thoughts with you that we recorded on a conference call on February the 13th. First up, you'll hear from Christopher Guptill. He's the co-CEO, Chief Investment Officer, and Portfolio Manager at Broadmark Asset Management. And to our loyal listeners, you'll remember he was a podcast guest in the past as well. He explains the market signals that he watches and what informs his take on the market sell-off. Then we'll hear from Dr. Ben Hunt on the signals that he observed and why risk parity strategies are often made out to be the boogeyman behind all of this market volatility. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks, everybody, for dialing in. So interest rates had been creeping up to its highest level in a year at 2.6%. And in the last couple of years, rates had retreated from that level. In late January, rates accelerated to the upside. And then the straw that broke the camel's back was the jobs report showing an uptick in wages. This resulted in an immediate realization that higher rates and inflation are here and market participants hit the sell button at the same time. So what now? The market is going through a multiple adjustment phase, which is required given the realization that rates and inflation are on the rise. This process can take time as the market rallies and then sells off in a violent fashion. This type of action will completely recycle the overly optimistic investor sentiment to pessimistic extremes. That will be the first clue that the market may be bottoming. The next thing we will need to see is net volume and breadth not expanding into any testing of the lows. This type of positive momentum divergences will alert us to a bottom in the making. Of course, rates and credit conditions will determine the outcome. The fact that interest rates held up and didn't fall appreciably as equity spell is a sign that there is more work to be done on the downside. The bigger cycle in economy will be determined by credit conditions. If the yield curve inverts and credit spreads materially widen, then we will have a cyclical bear market in a recession. If the yield curve remains positive and we see sentiment fully recycle along with positive momentum divergences, then we can declare the correction over and redeploy our cash. That was Christopher Guptill, co-CEO and chief investment officer at Broadmark Asset Management. And now we'll turn it over to Dr. Ben Hunt, chief investment strategist at Salient and author of Epsilon Theory. You know, I I thought it'd be helpful, particularly after the last week and a half we've had, uh, to, to make a few comments about what I'm seeing in terms of market structure. Because I think Chris was was spot on about the, I'll call it the underlying driver of the uh, the, the sell off that we saw and the, uh, the 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 increased ups and downs, uh, both upside and downside volatility we're seeing today, and it and it is simply that financial asset owners, big and small, but particularly the big ones, are all wrestling with this question. What do I do with my portfolio if inflation is making a comeback? And I got to tell you, these these are muscles that 
managers and allocators haven't used, <laughs> right, in, in a long time. I mean, for, for some people, you can say it's been 30-some-odd years before you've had to, since you've had to really exercise these muscles of what does it mean to have a portfolio in a, in a uh, inflationary environment. Not that it's here yet, right, but as Chris was saying, you had this steady uh, uh, movement that indicates that in, in you know in the in uh in Game of Thrones they say winter is coming. Well, you know, I think we can say here, you know, inflation is coming. So well, what do you do with that? Because it is it is very difficult for big allocators in particular, big institutional owners. It's very difficult because a lot of times when inflation starts going up and rates start going up, you'll see both bonds and stocks sell off at the same time. Which was which was part of what we saw last week, you know. It ended up being kind of a more typical risk-off rally where bonds actually rallied as as stocks really sold off. But for a lot of the the, the down movement in stocks last week, we also saw down movement in bonds, meaning rates were going up, and that's something you see in an inflationary environment and rising rates environment. And it's a real problem for big institutional investors because if your bonds and your stocks are going to move the same way i.e. down, <laughs> what, what do you do? What do you do? So, so I think at a, at a very fundamental level, what we're seeing, and this isn't something that just goes away, this isn't just something that's, uh, oh, it's a technical this or a technical that. This is a fundamental rethinking by large asset owners of what do I do with my portfolio if, in fact, inflation is coming. So I, I, I think Chris set the stage there for that perfectly, and, 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 it, and it marries very well with what I think is going on. Now, the implications of that, the implications of that are pretty clear. This, this is a tipping point. It's an inflection point. I'm not, I'm not saying the market goes straight down from here or, oh, my God, it's going to be a bear market or what have you. I don't know. But what I do know or what I believe very strongly is that when big market participants start rethinking their portfolios, it's not a one-way street. It's certainly not a one-way street up in markets. That, that I think, is, is, is pretty much off the table. If I'm right that this is what's really driving this is that rethink of, of, of what it means to have a portfolio if inflation is coming. You know, there's one other kind of observation I want to make for this for this call, and that is to think about market structure. Because, yeah, markets sold off. They also sold off really fast. And, and, and I want to go back to that, that point that Chris made about, well, after the Friday jobs number, a lot of people push the sell button at the same time. And I think he's exactly right about that with that choice of words. It was people pushing the sell button. It was people who were thinking about, well, my portfolio is really offsides if we're going to start seeing bonds sell off and start to, to, to hit stocks. So it's people pushing the sell button. But it doesn't stop there, right? Because one thing we know about what I've written about and called a hollow market is that liquidity is wide, but it's just an inch deep, meaning you've got liquidity in markets and everything looks normal on the surface in terms of how much gets traded and all the like. But 
it's hollow just beneath the surface. And what I mean by that is so much of the liquidity in markets today are from passive strategies, right? It's from reallocation to this, reallocation to that. Oh, I'm just putting my money into the index fund. Discretionary liquidity, the liquidity that matters at the margins, and make no mistake, all markets are about margins. Is <laughs> what happens on the margins, on the edges, that determines whether prices go up or down. With a very limited liquidity in what I'm calling the hollow market, it doesn't take a lot of people pushing that sell button to have a very quick and outsized effect. And that's what I think we saw with the volatility. That's what we saw with some of the uh, the, vol the the funds that were linked to the short vol trade blowing up last week. But I do want to be clear. I don't think volatility is the cause. It's the effect. And I think actually the feedback from volatility itself, at least from the VIX, is very limited. Now, why, why do I say that? And I, I know this is kind of inside baseball stuff, but I think it's important. The big volatility-sensitive strategies that are out there uh, that are always treated as kind of the boogeyman, boogeyman for markets these days, something like risk parity, right? These strategies don't respond to one-day moves in anything, much less a one-day move or even a multiple-day move in the VIX. Why is that? The VIX is a forward-looking measure of volatility in markets. It's looking at the options, short- to medium-term options on the S&P 500 going forward. What all these risk parity strategies look at is they look at realized volatility, meaning backwards-looking volatility over really a pretty expanded period of time. I mean, you know, one of our signals on our risk parity strategy is looking at volatility going back for a year, right? So it's very difficult for a one-day or even one-week move in realized volatility to make a big difference in how these strategies trade. And there's no impact from these forward-looking measures of volatility like the VIX. I say all this just to try to give some insight, frankly, maybe some comfort, as to the, 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 the market structure that we're working with here, meaning that I think that volatility and volatility measures like the VIX are, a, uh, are an effect, not a cause, and it's the feedback loop is a lot more limited than, than you might hear if you were listening to CNBC all day. So, you know, those are my two big points. I think there's a fundamental rethink, particularly among large institutional investors, of, well, what should I be doing with my portfolio if inflation is coming? And second, I, I wanted to provide what I think are some, some useful insights on market structure and how volatility does and doesn't Play, an, an, play a role in magnifying these market moves. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this special episode, and we'll see you next time.
This commentary is being provided to you by individual personnel of Salient Partners LP and affiliates, and is provided as general information only and should not be taken as investment advice. The opinions expressed in these materials represent the personal views of the author and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Salient. It is not investment research or research recommendation, as it does not constitute substantive research or analysis. Any action that you take as a result of information contained in this podcast is ultimately your responsibility. Salient will not accept liability for any loss or damage, including without limitation to any loss of profit, which may arise directly or indirectly from use of or reliance on such information. Consult your investment advisor before making any investment decisions. It must be noted that no one can accurately predict the future of the market with certainty or guarantee future investment performance. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Salient is not responsible for any third-party content that may be accessed through this website. The distribution or photocopying of salient information contained on or downloaded from this site is strictly prohibited without the express written consent of salient. Statements in this podcast are forward-looking statements. The forward-looking statements and other views expressed herein are as of the date of this publication. Actual future results or occurrences may differ significantly from those anticipated in any forward-looking statements, and there is no guarantee that any predictions will come to pass. The views expressed herein are subject to change at any time due to numerous market and other factors. Salient disclaims any obligation to update publicly or revise any forward-looking statements or views expressed herein. This information is neither an offer to sell nor a solicitation of any offer to buy any securities. Any offering or solicitation will be made only to eligible investors and pursuant to any applicable private placement memorandum or other governing documents, all of which must be read in their entirety. Salient commentary has been prepared without regard to the individual financial circumstances and objectives of persons who receive it. Salient recommends that investors independently evaluate particular investments and strategies and encourage investors to seek the advice of a financial advisor. The appropriateness of a particular investment or strategy will depend on an investor's individual circumstances and objectives.